Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, guys? It's the intern from, from dogman.com. Luke Munger, joined here, as always, by Josh Wadka and Jack McCauley. Fellas, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. To start off, I don't know. This is the first full week of school, second week yeah. of school now, so definitely a little more routine, Yeah, a little, a little more structure. Yeah. Life you got Kane Hall classes life. right now? Are you in some Kane Hall classes? No, nah, no, nah, no cane hall yet, but um, no, nah, just a lot of basics. So just grinding through that. And I don't know, football is definitely a good relief from a long week of school. So for sure, looking forward to the game this weekend for sure. Yeah. Mr. Jack, how are you doing? Oh, uh, man, dude. All right. So the the school to work life is no transition is no joke. Um, I'm just going to make that yeah. clear, you know, the. The 1130 wake up call at college is no longer happening. I'm getting up five hours earlier. Yeah. I'm working. All right. So preface to I'm working my work day, my work hours are 730 to five. So yeah. Kind of a lot, but it's whatever. Um, it's not bad though. It's fun. And then also how about them nerves, fellas? Can we just give it up for the nerves? Yeah. I was considering bringing it up in this pod, but I've submitted PTA for Friday. I'm not working on Friday. As you like, I'm sorry. I told my boss, I was legit like, hey, dude, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it done for you on Friday. Like, you might as well not pay me for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Hey, Luis Castillo on the bump, though. We need game one. Need game one. If we get True. game one, I feel confident. I, I would love to see who the Rays throw out their game three. But if we get game one, I feel good. That's – I think we're winning. But anyway, all right, back to dogs. Yeah. Back to dogs, I guess. But how can you not yeah. be excited for the Seattle Mariners right now? Yeah. Obviously super excited about the M's, but back to the dogs. Like you said, they're coming down to my neck of the woods, Tempe, Arizona. It's about 25 minutes from where I live right now. Huskies playing Arizona State. Sun Devils, one and four on the season, coming off four straight losses since opening the season with a 40-3 to win over Northern Arizona. Uh, Arizona State's been outscored by on an average of 35-19 to since then, coming off of a loss to USC at uh, – However, they did score a little over 20 in that game. They've scored over 20 twice, I guess, in the last four games. Um, kind of an interesting offense. I'll start, I guess, by asking maybe Josh. I know that he's done some research on this offense. Emery Jones, an interesting guy. Uh, I don't want to 
botcher or like Butch's name or Butcher's name here, but Zazavian and Valaday as well, a running back that's a pretty mm-hmm. solid option for Arizona State. Give me a little bit of, I guess, like what do you think about this Arizona State offense? Um, they're kind of an interesting place. I feel like this offense as a whole kind of lacks identity per se. They don't really know what they're trying to do. I mean, Xavier Jones, for example, is a very mobile quarterback and like running has always been a decently big part of his game. And yet he hasn't really tried to escape the pocket and like run very much. So I think at times they've tried to force a lot of things and especially with their coaching change, like they're really lacking identity on offense and they kind of don't know what they want to be and like kind of who they are, if that makes sense. Um, a couple of just quick season stats for ASU. Um, they're averaging 344 yards per game, which is pretty respectable. Um, rushing 132. So really they're just going to look to run the ball. Like you said, uh, they're going to look to run the ball and ground and pound, but hopefully the UW defense, which has shown, mm-hmm. which has shown decent ability so far this year to stop the run. But at the same time, they've also struggled like you saw last week against DTR, a very mobile quarterback, a guy who's going to try and get you out of the pocket. But at the same time, I don't think a guy like Jones is up to the same standards that DTR is. So I don't think that'll be as much as a threat per se. Um, a couple other quick stats. They're only averaging 23 points per game, which is a good sign for dogs fans because, I mean, you know what this offense and Michael Penix are going to at least put up 30, 40 a game. Like that's just we've grown accustomed to that at that point. It's become more of an expectation. So you really got to like like this matchup ahead for the Huskies on the defensive end. Absolutely. Now, Jack, I'll, I'll pick your brain here on this one. I'm looking at PFF right now in Arizona State. Uh, Josh obviously mentioned that uh, Emory Jones hasn't run the ball much. He has four rushing touchdowns, but he has seven total rushing yards on the season. It looks like a lot of that may be due to the fact that they don't really protect – him very well. Uh, PFF has ASU as the second worst pass blocking team in the Pac-12 so far this season. Obviously, the Huskies have some guys in Braylon Trice, uh, Jeremiah Martin that are capable of getting after the passers, ETF, Sabell Smalls. What do you think about that matchup, Jack? Yeah, um, their offensive line is very, very bad. And uh, Braylon Trice, if you saw a stat today, PFF released he wins 33% of his battles, which is the highest in the nation. Um, I think him and Jeremiah Martin have a field day um, against Arizona State. You know, obviously the seven yards is, you know, obviously, oh, he doesn't run the ball. He must not run the ball much. But he's had 42 attempts on the season. So he'll, he'll, you know, they're going to use him in some options and whatnot, or he'll escape the pocket in some different ways. I mean, if you saw Arizona State, or you've watched him this year, or seen Emory Jones at Florida in the last couple years, you know, he's, He's, he's pretty mobile with his legs, but he does make some rash decisions, um, which obviously get him in trouble. But as far as the offensive line goes, um, not a great pass-blocking team at all. They're much more of a run-running run, run running team. Um, and you see that with, you know, Zazavian Valade and Daniel Nada. Um, two, those are two solid running backs there. They, they have they're, – they're, they're, yeah. not, they're not bad at all. Nada, you know, both are hi- highly talented. Nada was extremely re- highly coveted out of college. You know, it was down between – uh, you know, like USC, Arizona State, A and M. You know, he was he was in it with some big schools. Okay. He's a big time yeah. prospect, big kid. Um, Recognized name too, Nagata. Yeah, by the Husky fans, Ariel Nada, brother of Ariel Nada and Joe Nada of Clemson. Yeah. So the Nada family gets a, gets around. Uh, but uh, 
and it, yeah, anyway, you know, the offensive line definitely is going to be the key. The, their key to success is through the offensive line this Saturday. There's no no question about it. I think receivers too. I think that's something really interesting to look at. Um, Arizona State, you know, right now their leading guy in the receiving end is Elijah Badger. He's got over 300 yards on the season. But Arizona State lost two of their biggest playmakers in the portal. Uh, if you're a college football fan, Johnny Wilson has became basically a household name this year at Florida State. He's been mm-hmm. spectacular. Broke out against Louisville with, like, what, over 175 yards. Ridiculous and, like, three touchdowns. He was at ASU a couple weeks last year. Another guy who they heavily relied on last year was uh, actually was a finalist for UW, L.V. Bunkley Shelton. He's now at Oklahoma. So two of their biggest talents gone. Um, and, it's, and it's really showing offensively with them throwing the ball. Uh, they really are going to have to rely on Emory Jones' offensive line and the running backs. Yeah. Dude, off topic, but I, I remember looking up Johnny Wilson the other day because I've heard a lot about him, and it's I just forgot how big that guy is. <laughs> yeah, he's like a six seven wide receiver. Yeah, simply unbelievable stuff. Uh, so yeah, I mean, fate is like, yeah, it's unfair. I mean, it's like a, it's like PI worst case scenario. Yeah, everything you know? which Ty Jones was is is Johnny Wilson. Dude, he's a large, large man. Um, but yeah, so there we go. Uh, either of you guys, I know there were just a couple minutes here on the offensive side. Anything else stand out about this Arizona State offense? Obviously, going. Under a coaching change right now, has it changed much in the couple weeks without Herm? Yeah. Yeah, I think one thing to point out, and at least my perspective, is we I kind of hinted on it a little bit, is just their lack of playmakers, though, really, on the offensive side of the ball. And it's if you can't get a couple guys going, they're not going to get going. Um, obviously, it starts up front in the offensive line, but really their lack of playmakers, they just don't have a ton there. They only have one other guy with over 150 yards receiving on the season. So... That in itself is just kind of really says yeah. a lot about what they're able to do through the air, which Washington has struggled, which is what for Washington fans, that's great news because we, you know, we saw how bad that secondary was last year. So it's going to give a little bit of a break to um, corners and, and the safeties a little bit, uh, maybe get some confidence back as they head to Arizona, who's a great passing team, but really their lack of playmakers, especially outside. Totally. And Josh, so if you're a, if you're Chuck Morrell, William Inge, scheming this game up or are you just keying in on Zazavian holiday or holiday and then hoping that uh you're gonna make Emory Jones Elijah Badger and company beat you downfield I I think there's no other way of going about it yeah uh Valade's, his first three game the first three games they played he averaged a, over 100 yards each game so clearly like the game plan for them and like what they're really trying to do on offense is really establish the running game and try to like get him going and try to, like, work the offense through him. But then ever since Pac-12 play started up against, I mean, two formidable opponents against Utah and USC, he's really struggled, and those numbers have declined exponentially. And Utah, that's more expected with their with their powerful front seven. You expect a running back to get balled up. But a team like USC that was kind of letting everyone run through him, he really did not have the production they were looking for. And then – so, yeah, they're going to really try and beat you in the ground. And then if you're able to stop the run, you really just got to – you really got to just try and make an inconsistent Emory Jones try and beat you. Like he's yeah. had flashes stuff here where you're like, okay, this is why this kid went to Florida. Like this is why Florida recruited this guy. This is why he was like a big Power 5 SEC guy. And then there's other times that you're just shaking your head and you're like, there's a reason why ASU's – what, they're like 1-3, 1-4 to start the year? Like there's a reason in that. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Absolutely. Yeah, interesting stuff. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball for Arizona State, the one thing that stood out to me here, actually there's a couple of things, but one that I think is interesting is that for how much they've struggled to protect Emory Jones, the inverse is true on the defensive side of the ball. They've not really gotten after the quarterback again. I mean, obviously they've played formidable opponents in Oklahoma State, in USC, and in Utah. However, they've also played Eastern Michigan as well as the Northern Arizona, and this is a defensive front or a team in general that has three sacks total in the season. Um, so that's got to be like thing 1A you're looking at. If you're a Husky team that's protected Michael Penix extremely well, has thrown for over 300 yards, I believe in every single game, it's like, is this where Washington is going to look to exploit the Sun Devils? Dude, I think if you really look at that number, three sacks on the entire season, you look at a Washington team whose offensive line has been really very stable up until last week against UCLA. They definitely had some breakdowns there. But if you give Michael Penix time, it's not even Penix. Don't even not even thinking about Penix making the right read and right throws. There are a lot of playmakers on Washington's offensive side of the ball, specifically in the receiving room, that even great cornerbacks just can't hold on that long. You know, you can't hold on to ten seconds in coverage that long. You know, someone's bound to get open. So this is just this just screams big play central to me, where Washington is just going to have a couple monster plays through the air just because they're able to get such great protection on a really poor pass rush team. Absolutely. Yeah. A name, just speaking of names on the defensive side of the ball, one guy that stands out to me, veteran guy for Arizona State, Merlin Robertson. He's a guy who, gosh, let me do some mental math in my head here real quick, but has played 45 games of college football in his career. Uh, He's played a lot of football for Arizona State at, for full seasons, if you discount the COVID year, has 77, 74, 64 tackles in his career, had eight and a half tackles for loss as a true freshman, three picks last year. He's kind of a, like, I want to say a nickel, but he's built more like a linebacker. You know what I mean? Like, but he's a guy that's a dynamic factor, uh, both in pass coverage, run support, can also get after the quarterback himself. A kind of a headliner for this Arizona State defense any other kind of strengths that stand out to you guys about the Sun Devils on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, I think Kyle Sowell is actually a, a very solid yeah. line. Everything kind of runs through him on the line. He's a real ball hawk. He'll, he's just going to find anything. Funny enough, he was actually recruited to Arizona State as a tight end, which is kind of interesting. You don't see a ton of tight ends make the linebacker transition. It's more yeah. defensive line or defensive edge if they're going to do something like that. You don't see him make it really to a linebacker. Yeah. But that just really speaks about – to. Not only his size, you know, he stands at 6'4", 6'5", and he runs very well for his size. Um, so having a guy like that who's able to find and locate the ball real well is something obviously, you know, Washington fans got to at least pay attention to. You know, if wherever they're going to be going, sure. he's going to be right there. Nothing gets past him. So as far as running plays go, you know, obviously I don't think too much is going to get by him as well if he's finding the ball at almost every play, it seems like. So – Washington's big plays coming through the air running game. Obviously got to get that going and get him in the box to allow, you know, stuff over the top. Yeah. Kind of, kind of building off what Jack kind of ended there with, this is going to be a game where all facets of the offense are going to be, are going to be able to succeed. ASU's allowing 400 yards a game to opposing teams this year with 175 of that being rushing and 225 being passing. So it's really like, it's really 50, 50. So, to, to a guy like Ryan Grubb, who's who's been described as the offensive genius by many of the players, the full playbook should be open this weekend. 
And really, you should be able to have success with whatever you plan on doing, whether that's pounding the rock or throwing the ball across the field. So I really don't expect this defense to be able to hold Washington and be able to contain just the playmakers like Jack was saying. They got so many guys who can do so many different things that ASU just doesn't have the talent on the defensive side of the ball to combat the six, five, six weapons that UW hits you with every time. So I think this should be a game where UW's offense should continue to thrive. I still expect another 40-point showing for them. So I expect another good week out of the offensive unit. Love it. Great. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at New Balance Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Yeah, so I guess we can skip now to uh, bets to bark. You know, I, I am going to put my like, actually, I'm not going to put myself on the spot here because I'm going to pick myself last, but I have not prepared for this. Does anyone have a bet to bark on Saturday for the dogs? By the way, at 1 p.m. on grass, I will say in Tempe, interesting, not enough to make me feel... Not enough to make me change my confidence in this game, but it is a little bit – it's a little spooky is all I'm going to say. 90-plus degrees in Tempe too. And not only that, dude. Dude, it's hot down here still. It's like – I mean, it's not 100 degrees. It's going to be like 95, like which isn't awful, but, I mean, it's a lot hotter than Seattle. That's like – that's – but I think, think too, real quick, kind of going just real quick before I do my bet to bark. But uh, I think that – you know, it's the same thing as UCLA. It should give you a little bit of concern. Not only grass, but they just historically Washington just hasn't played well in Tempe at all. Like they don't win there that, that often. They don't win in the Rose Bowl that often either. So obviously, to me, that was just a little bit of concern, especially being an uh, afternoon game in the heat of the day. You know, you're worried about fatigue and all that. But luckily, I think I, the position group saying cornerback is a little bit scary for me. But anyway, bet the bark. I was thinking about this one. A little bit, actually. I was, I didn't, I wasn't sure who to go with here. I'm going to, I'm going to go with a really outside the box prediction. With the Heat, I think they're going to be doing a lot of rotation, so it's going to give a couple guys a different opportunity to step up. I'm going to go with my bet to bark, Taj Davis. Very mm. interesting pick here, but I think you know, obviously, with the Heat and all that, both the defensive secondary and Washington's receivers are going to have to rotate in and out, in and out, because you know they're going to get tired, need plays off and whatnot with it being very, very hot. So when ASU's second team cornerbacks roll around or Taj Davis, I think he I think he gets maybe a big play or two. I don't think he obviously has the best game of a receiver, but I think he has an impactful game considering he doesn't do as much normally as a Jalen McMillan, Odunzi, or Polk. Yeah. Um, okay. A little interesting note here before I get to my bet to bark. The last time the UW – last time the Washington Huskies won in Tempe was the year 2001. 
Coincidentally, that was also the last time the Mariners had made the playoffs. Therefore, <laughs> the Mariners make the playoffs this year. UW, UW's got to win at ASU, man. Dude, oh, my gosh. That gives me flashbacks to my freshman year. I won the Huskies played Arizona State, and they were up big at half. I'm trying to remember how it went down. It was an ugly game. I'll go and find the box score from that one. But it's like you guys have both alluded to, it's been a tough go for the Huskies in Tempe. 2017 is that so, yeah. so, yeah, the two th- the 2001 curse of Seattle sports is breaking this year, man. Let's go. Anyway, that's a great pull. My uh, my bet to bark this game is a little more traditional. Roma Dunze, man. This guy has clearly become the number one receiver. The first four weeks, first three or four weeks, I should say, really, like, it was kind of a, it was a, it was a large team effort, like a lot of contribution. Like, each, each game, there was a different guy that stood out that kind of, like, led the team, whether that was McMillan one game. A Dunze, the other. Um, the I'm trying to forget. Polk, it was Polk against Michigan State. Who just yeah, Polk. Polk. I, I, I was, was just blanking on the third guy there for a second. But these last two weeks, a Dunze's really stepped up and been that guy. I think this continues against ASU. I think they look to get off to a hot start and really just try to feed the rock to their playmakers and try to. St- this is a statement game for them, too. I mean, they're going to really try and prove that last week was a fluke and that. I mean, this team doesn't lose. Like, this team doesn't lose close games. They want to show that they can go out and win on the road, win in, win in places that they traditionally have not done extremely well in. So they're going to try and flip a script and try to get this win this week. And I expect them to look to Roma Dunze often to try and get the ball in the air and really stretch the field against this weaker Arizona State secondary. Love it. I'm going to go back to a guy um, that I have – Already picked for a bet to bark here. I feel like he's played well, um, but didn't get my prediction in week one. Like Jack alluded to, I think on both sides of the ball, Washington will be rotating bodies in. Arizona State's offensive line has allowed 14 sacks in five games. I'm picking Savelle Smalls to rack up his first solo sack for the Dogs this weekend. And Savelle is my bet to bark. Um, all right, and we'll go confidence interval. I'll pick on Josh first. What's your confidence interval going into this weekend? From a Husky fan's perspective, of course. Confidence interval, I got to give it an 8. And the only reason I want to give it a 10 or go higher is just because we're on the road playing in grass, and we're on the road in Tempe, which traditionally the dog has not done well in. I think this is a favorable matchup for UW. I think they should have no problems. I think they should be able to get out of here pretty unharmed pretty easily i think it may be a close game in the first half asu keeps it kind of tight and then UW will just be able to blow blow them out and kind of just run away with it but i wish i could be a 10 but i'm gonna stay i'm gonna stay a little safe at an eight i think my final score prediction that i sent in um was maybe 42 to 20 something so that was like mine too yeah so so i'm thinking uh, i think we'll be all right I, what I saw last week does make me a little concerned, especially with the depth in the secondary. But I don't think that ASU has the same playmakers or playmaking ability that UCLA has. So I think they should be able to get in, get out with a dub, and then be ready to go next week at home, homecoming against uh, Arizona. So eight is my confidence interval. Jack? All right. Uh, yeah, I think I think I, I, that was a really good explanation there. I'm kind of in the same boat. Um I'm going to say an eight as well. 
Um, obviously, I it's just such a dude. It's one of those. Gosh, I I think it's an eight too. I think you have. I think the only room you leave you leave for like room for is just it being down in Arizona in the weather and it being grass and yeah. never winning. Like that's the only thing I'm worried about. Honestly, I think playmaking wise, obviously the dual threat quarterback kind of scares me a little bit. Like, Oh, if, em- if Emory Jones gets hot and he, he's able to move with his legs and kind of get our secondary in space again, I think that smells trouble. I just don't think we're a good tackling team at all. Um, but kind of like we've alluded to the whole podcast, I just don't think Arizona state has the playmakers to, cause enough damage to where I think they'll be bleeding for sure in certain times, but I think Washington's going to be able to, especially on the defensive line, the defensive line has to have a good game for it to be a blowout. Like seriously, like, you know, Braylon Trice, Jeremiah Martin, ZTF have to have great games. They do. And if they do that, Washington takes care of business. No question, no question whatsoever. But, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we'll say, you know, bound, this is a big test, you know, similar team to UCLA, Obviously not nearly as good, but it's kind of like a Kmart version of UCLA, really, where they kind of run some have a certain game. Seriously though, similar style with <laughs> Emory Jones, but as DTR and Washington's got to be able to step up and show that they rebounded because we're going to be seeing a lot more dual threat quarterbacks throughout the season. Cam Ward, Bo, Bo Pitt, Knicks. Um, yeah, so I, th- I think I'm going to say an eight. Oh man! Woo! <laughs> Okay. Well, like, okay. I feel like normally I've tried to like become more of a sober Husky fan perspective wise, but I mean, I'm looking on paper right now, Arizona state is averaging just shy of 350 offensive yards per game or giving up over 400 yards per game. The Huskies are averaging 500 yards per game themselves. I feel like if I were looking on at these two teams on paper, not knowing context of the Huskies traveling to the desert, I would. There's a clear option here. I'm making my confidence interval nine, which I feel like is unlike me. But that man, so like, unlike you, dude. I think it is. But gosh, I just I have to think that this would be an incredibly disappointing loss for the Huskies if it happened, which is what is leading me to that number. So I'm going to roll with it and I'm waiting for the sound bits to show up on Sunday morning if the Huskies lose this one or whatever. But yeah, you know, I just think like you both have said, I genuinely think the Huskies are a better team. And like this so far, even though the Huskies didn't put their best foot forward, I don't think in the Rose Bowl, this also doesn't strike me as a team that like slumbers their way into a loss on the road after already getting kind of like punched in the mouth against UCLA. So that's my reason. I, yeah, I, I think that's really solid too. And, you know, I think I've talked to a couple guys on the team to say, how have you been responding to UCLA, whatnot? And they said, every, you know, after every week, optional, there's optional film review and whatnot that, that, that they have. Usually most guy, almost all the team goes to that already. But that not only was every single person attending these optional film sessions, but they were staying later. Um, mm-hmm. Which is which is which is crazy to think about. I and I can attest to that. Having to pick up a, a pu- couple players at 10 p.m. when they yeah. got into practice at seven is yeah, kind of says a lot. Says a lot. I think I think I think this team very tight knit, and I think the coaches got them in a great spot. And I think you know 
having 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 a mentality like that, especially against a team that you're favored against and that you obviously clearly out talent and out or and out coach. They don't have a head coach, so I think I think there I think there's a chance for a blowout. I also think I also think last week everyone in the building understands that that's not Washington Husky football. That's not that's not what the standard. The standard is huge for them. Like anytime you hear them talk, they always talk about their standard and like what that means to them. And everyone in the building knows that last week was unacceptable and like that all all three phases of the game struggled. So I don't think I don't think anyone has a good feeling in their mouth after last week. I think there's that new sense of urgency, a new sense of of statement. Like they really want to come out and make a statement this week, show people that last week was kind of an anomaly and that UW football is back and here to stay. Love it. All right. So on average, an 8.67 confidence interval from the squad. Feeling pretty good. Husky fans, obviously keep it at dogman.com for pregame in-game, post-game coverage. Husky basketball just picked up a big commitment. Hoop season is upon us. It's coming soon. What's that? Wesley Yates, baby. Yeah, big stuff on the horizon. So dogman.com is definitely – I would bookmark it personally. So Before before we go, before we go, quick shout out out to the rest of the Wadka family that is actually going to be in Tempe this weekend at the game. Hopefully they'll be wearing their purple and gold, repping the – Repping the squad, repping the hometown, yeah. but uh, they'll be they'll be down there visiting visiting my brother who goes to ASU. So, quick shout out to them. Hope Dang. they all have a great weekend down there, and hopefully yeah. they can go see the dogs win. I hope your whole family has a great weekend, but I hope your brother's a little disappointed. I hope he's a little more than disappointed. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, love that. Great stuff. Well, again, dogman.com, great place for football, basketball coverage, pregame, postgame, in game, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, Husky's looking to get back on track this weekend. Go Dogs. (laughs) Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.